Hello and welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Vision. This is your host, Greg Nielsen, President and CEO of Nielsen Training and Consulting, where we work with nonprofit leaders and organizations all across the country to translate your vision into reality. I want to welcome everybody back to the podcast, and I'm looking forward to this episode. Unlike some of the other recent episodes that we've had that have been really kind of laser focused on specific aspects of leadership, we're going to take a step back and take a step up today and talk about leadership more broadly, more generally. What are the categories or, or characteristics of today's leader, some of the challenges that leaders today are facing? And then how do we all confront those issues, those questions that plague us in our mind, uh, in, whether it's imposter syndrome or self-doubt? How do we thrive as leaders in today's environment? And to join us in that conversation, I'm thrilled to welcome uh, a friend of mine, a gentleman I, I met recently uh, and have really enjoyed getting to know, and I know you will as well, Jay Suggs. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Greg. Uh, I'm I'm very honored and appreciative of this opportunity to have a conversation like we usually have just between us. So we'll just be we'll just have an audience, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> right? Jay, I, I recently met Jay um, on a visit out to California, and and he and I had some fantastic conversations about the state of leadership today, and that's what led me to invite invite Jay to join us on the podcast. He has such an interesting perspective. Um, Jay, just tell us a little bit about your background first before we before we launch into the topic. Oh, sure, no problem, Greg. My background is in leadership in the corporate sector as well as nonprofit. I'm also a board member of a nonprofit as well. I've led global DNI initiatives and business development efforts uh, for Fortune 50 companies, and as well as in the nonprofit sector as well. I like to call myself just a a collage <laughs> of of uh, of leadership efforts uh, with shared experiences. Uh, born and raised in the city of Newark, New Jersey, do a lot of community work there as well. I appreciate you you joining us, Jay, and and I think that helps your background a lot. You've seen leadership in a variety of different environments, and sometimes we make the mistake of assuming that leadership is only in the public space or is only in the private sector. You know, I think the one of the one of the values that you bring to the podcast is having seen good leaders and and presumably not so good leaders right, right. Um, in in the corporate space, in the nonprofit space, in the public sphere as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. These past few years have been unprecedented, right? No one saw the pandemic coming. Social injustice, right? Um, all those things that normally wasn't affecting our day to day. And I believe that in that evolution of what happened in the past few years with the pandemic and social injustice, managers evolved into leaders. Uh, I think the day of the manager is no longer. I think you have to lead in this climate. So some people might say, Jay, what does that actually mean? Well, back in the day, let's just say back in the day, managers manages processes, structure, milestones, deadlines, things of that nature. A leader comes from more of a place of empathy, more meeting people where they're at. No one is on the planet designed like you. And everybody brings somebody, everyone brings something different to the table. So now your emotional intelligence has to be very on par, where before it didn't have to be. This is why the pandemic affected everybody, leaders, executives, uh, everyone. Everyone was affected by the pandemic. And the the the, the simple greeting of, hey, how you doing, became more 
than what it sounds like. Because how someone's doing is how businesses is directly correlated between how business is going and how their life is going. And I think leaders have to be challenged to look inward, right? Come from a place of empathy and kindness where they have to put themselves in their shoes of their lead, their teams and their employees. So I think that's where leadership is now. I, I rarely say the word manager anymore. You're leading, you're inspiring, you're influencing, and you're rallying, especially through these external challenges that will seep through and impact what you do day to day for any organization or agency. You touch on something that's so important, and it is that the nature of leadership, the qualities that are demanded of leaders change over time and and in many cases are dependent on what are the circumstances out in the environment. Right. Oftentimes when we talk about what makes a great leader, Mm -hmm. we assume that what made a great leader in 1920 is the same that made a great leader in 1960 that made makes a great leader in, in 2023. When in reality, it's it's an evolution. It's a it's a change based on what's Absolutely. going on in the ecosystem and in the landscape. So, two different questions for you, Jay. I'll, I'll ask the first mm-hmm. one. Uh, what, in your view, today, as we sit here in 2023, mm-hmm. what makes a good leader? What 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 are those essential characteristics that leaders must have today? Number one, they have to be present. What I mean by that is when you're in leadership and management, sometimes that organization or agency always wants to talk about long-term planning goals, right? It's important. But I think we need to focus on present state so it can influence the future state, right? I think we we draw out these long plans, but our present is uneasy. Let's get the present right, <laughs> right? Because when we have those discussions about the future, it's impacted by what we did presently. So number one, you have to be present, right? You need to understand the landscape of the morale and the culture of your organization. You need to understand where it is. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be indifferent. It could be ugly, but you need to understand that. I see a lot of leaders fail when they try to impose their methodology on a culture they don't quite understand yet, right? Assess, evaluate, ask a hundred questions to understand where the culture is before you start to implement what you may be perceived as change, but maybe disruption to something, there's a bigger problem that you're not seeing. Number two, I'm going to say this, you're going to hear this word throughout this whole conversation, place of empathy, right? Empathy does not mean you solve the problem. Empathy does not mean that you are having the same challenges as your employees. It's all it's asking you to do is put yourself in their shoes based on what those challenges are. How would you feel? How would you want someone to advocate for you and alleviate those roadblocks? I think another core value as a leader today in today's business client climate, when we talk about nonprofit or even corporate, is are we asking the right questions of our team? I'm not talking about integration of productivity. Are we checking in on them? Are they okay? Is, is, is outside life becoming too much? Now, some may say, well, Jay, that sounds so like therapy. Well, as a leader, you're a conflict resolution specialist, period. That is your job, right? Because when you meet people where they're at and you accept them for who they are and you embrace their full authenticity, The outcomes are amazing. Imagine showing up each and every day at work 
as your full authentic self. You don't got to wear a shield, a mask, no armor. Imagine how much productivity you get out of an individual who feels safe in that environment. A lot of our employees are practicing duality right now. They're not sharing truly who they are. They're wearing this armor. They're wearing this mask. And then we want to know why productivity is so stagnant. Well, it's kind of hard to pretend to be something that you're not for eight hours a day. <laughs> Think about it. Good point. I love uh, all the things that you just mentioned, Jay, are so important. But I love where you started the conversation, which is presence. Yeah. As leaders right now, all of us are tugged in a thousand different directions. 100%. We have devices. We have computers. We have demands on our on our time and our and our resources. I, I love how you started and said in order to be an effective leader today, you first have to be present. Right? Yes. You have to you have to be engaged in an authentic conversation with those that you are leading. You can't be distracted, right? Because that no. impedes your ability to to be effective as a leader. And 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 I listen, I know there's challenges. I'm challenged. I know Greg, you're challenged as a leader, right? Always. For example, Fridays are my day to talk to my people. Those are my days every week. I talk to my people, right? How you doing? How's it going? Anything I need to know about, any roadblocks, any anything that you think I need to know in order to better support you. Another thing is, it's all right to check in on your people just to check in. If you check on an employee and they go, is something wrong? That means you haven't been checking on them enough, right? Because they're not even used to you checking in on them, right? So I, I think pre being present is everything. Also in this challenging climate as a leader, leaders need to take care of themselves. Self-care is so important, whatever that may be, right? It, meditation, exercise, a nice, beautiful walk. As leaders, you have to take care of yourselves. When you are the individuals that take care of everybody else, you gotta make sure you take care of yourself so you could be able to show up for them. A lot of leaders will compound and suppress their needs. And before you know it, it's burnout city. I don't want to go to burnout city anymore. I've done that in my, my career. So you always got to check in on yourself, self-regulation, ask yourself these important questions. How am I feeling? And what do I need to do today to help me get to a mindset so I can serve? Jay, our, our audience here is is predominantly nonprofit leaders, nonprofit mm -hmm. board members. Yep. You're a highly experienced nonprofit board member. How do you as a board member, how can you as a board member show up for your nonprofit leaders, whether it's the executive director, the CEO, the senior staff, to create a climate and a culture where that type of self-care and authenticity of am I okay? Do I need something? is acceptable and, it, and and is openly talked about. What is the role of the board? What role can the board play in creating that culture? I, I think that there's this stigma that the board members are stiff, right? They're rigid and structured. They're, they're, they're not agile. Well, that can be further from the truth. I'm very agile. I actually lead a DNI committee for the board that I'm a board of trustee member on, right? Two reasons why I do that. Number one, I want to help that agency culture get to a point where they're comfortable and everyone has a, a feeling of belonging and accepting. Number two, it is a conduit for me to understand what is happening in that agency. And I can bring that feedback back to the board and say, listen, 
this is what it appears to be, but this is what it really is. I think as board members, it's our responsibility to be ambassadors, not just to secure for the betterment of the agency or the organization, but to also make sure that the people that work in these nonprofit organizations feel like they're in an environment where they is a speak up culture and they have a, a voice to, to speak on and, and be vocal about challenges and things of that way. Anytime I'm in the in the building and someone pulls me to the side, I listen. And nine times out of ten, I'll bring it up in a board meeting. Nine times out of ten. I'll say, hey, speaking to an employee, and this was the the, the scenario or the subject. I think the disconnect between a board and the employee comp, uh, population is because there's no one liaison between the two. Like we make all these decisions that impact these employees. So I would tell someone from my personal experience, if you're a board member and you want to be in touch more about the employee population to kind of understand how morale is, how culture is, create a subcommittee of something that you believe in that can add value to that agency and that 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 committee and be a part of it. I, I It was the best decision I made, especially being a board member, is that I have a committee that's tied to the people that matter the most, which are the employees. Jay, the, the essential, you know, we've talked about the essential characteristics of leadership, but leadership is others focused. It's others centered. Mm -hmm. All of our people, whoever you're leading, are looking for something from the leader or looking for something that may be different. So I'm now I'm curious. I'm asking Jay Suggs. I'm asking you, <laughs> what do you look for in someone who is going to lead you? What are those qualities that are and they may be the same as what you what you said a few minutes ago, but I, I don't want to presume that. No, no, Greg, I'm glad. Wow. This is this is the universe is funny. I just had this conversation. Um, I, I told a leader just recently, just let just let Jay Suggs be Jay Suggs. What I mean by that is we cannot put individuals in boxes because what that do is limit who they really are. You have to meet people where they're at. Enough of the labels, right? Mm -hmm. All labels do is create judgment and criticism. You got to accept and embrace people for their full authenticity. And in return, you find out what their superpower is, right? And how they show up and how they add because it's a shared responsibility for the morale of an organization, Nonprofit or corporate, it's a shared responsibility from the from from the employee, from the administrator, all the way up to the CEO. Everyone has a shared responsibility. So for me, when I'm looking for a leader, understand who I am, not who you think I should be. Take me from who I am now, right? Understand what my superpowers are and where they're best placed, right? And I am very receiving of coaching and feedback and all that nature. But at the same time, I think you really need to understand what makes that person tick. Everyone on my team, I can tell you they're all different from each other. I have some people on my team who do, do not like accolades. They don't want to be praised. They feel weird about it. I have some people, if you if you say, hey, great job, it makes, it makes their day. So take the time to learn who you're actually leading. That, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Jay, something happens when individuals are placed in what others perceive to be a leadership position. Oh, yeah. The and, shift. <laughs> the shift. <laughs> yes, the shift happens. The shift. For many, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say most people, mm -hmm. there is an element of self-doubt. 
when it oh, comes absolutely. to leadership. Absolutely. There is, you know, whether we want to call it imposter syndrome, which I've never particularly liked that phrase because it makes it sound like there's something wrong with the person. They've got a yeah. syndrome. They've got a disease. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it, it it is some element of self-doubt. Can Absolutely. I do this? Can Absolutely. I be what my people need me to be? Can Absolutely. I do the job? How do um, how do you advise leaders to confront those questions that that can be persistent and pop up within themselves? Well, listen, I'm 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 just gonna be very transparent, right? I don't believe we're qualified for the roles that we are given. I believe we are chosen. And for that, you need to understand what that means. You have just as right to be in the room, just like everyone else. You need to tell yourself, I'm a rare commodity and no one is going to advocate for myself better than me, right? No one has, for example, Greg, no one has your je ne sais quoi, your flow, your style, your cadence. You are uniquely you. So when I tell leaders, when I coach leaders about who they are, it's not about who else is in the room. It's what you bring to the table. It's about not tying your worth to the title, but tying understanding your worth is not really about the external, but who you are as a person, what your core values are. Greg, I'm not even supposed to be here if I told you my life story, right? And back in the day, I did have imposter syndrome. I used to feel like I was in a room full of giants. Well, guess what, Greg? I realized I'm a giant. I'm in that room because I'm a giant too, right? right. I'm right. a giant too. And I think leaders, new leaders especially, need to understand, don't worry about the role and the position. What you need to worry about is what you bring to the table and that uniqueness that you bring. That is why you've been invited there. Um, imposter syndrome, I, I like to say there's an erosion of it, right? Because you'll follow different individuals thinking, okay, if I go that way, Maybe maybe I feel comfortable if I go that if I follow this person, maybe I'll feel comfortable. You know when you feel comfortable when you accept yourself. You're I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I think the foundation of that is is knowing yourself, right? And and which sometimes is, which is a journey. And it's and that, yeah, that's right? <laughs> you know, sometimes you're opening you're opening up that box, but yeah. it, and particularly I talk about this with my nonprofit leaders is mm -hmm. the importance of knowing who you are. What do, what do you Jay do really, really well? Yeah. What do you struggle yes. with? What yes. do you love to do? What do you hate yes. to do? Yes. Sometimes what happens and, and I experience this myself as an, as a nonprofit executive is the temptation is if you don't go on that journey with yourself, you allow others to define you. Absolutely. And when things are going well, you feel like I must be the I must be the best leader in this town. Right. right. I am right. I'm awesome. And then things don't go so well and the tides turn and you start looking in the mirror going, Oh man, I'm I'm awful. I don't know what I'm doing here. Right. You're you're allowing others or the external circumstances to define who you are as a leader. The reality is you're the same person. In the right. good times and in the bad times, you had the same strengths, the same superpowers, Absolutely. the same challenges and weaknesses in, in good times and in bad. But it's that it's that grounding of not allowing others to define who you are. My grandmother used to say, Greg, all the time, you learn from your lows, not your highs. 
And when I was growing up, I was like, what, what is she talking about? Like, why, what, what do you mean you learn from your lows? Well, if you think about these past four years with the pandemic, right, you were reintroduced to who you are and how strong you are. Yep. Plain and simple, right? Uh, some of us came out of the ashes like the Phoenix, well-adjusted and ready and understood what the path was. And mm -hmm. some of us are still in limbo because we didn't quite understand who we are, who we were before it happened. Right. Right. I think also being a leader is able to say it's having humility and vulnerability. There's this there's this myth that vulnerability is a sign of weakness. And I think it's one of the greatest strengths ever. Right. To sit back and look back and say, you know what? I made a mistake. Right. I was wrong on this one. You know what? I need help. I, I really don't know what the answer is, but maybe together we can figure it out. We need more leaders to say that. <laughs> I, I tell you, Jay, when I was a uh, years and years ago, when I was a nonprofit CEO, I had my board chair come mm -hmm. to me and say, this is the first time I've ever led a board. And I'm a little insecure about that. Right. How can I best support you? And what insights can you share with me that'll help me be a better leader for this board? Now, he didn't have to do that, right? You know, he was in a position of authority, a position of leadership, right. you know, board chair typically thought of as the CEO's boss. Right. Um, that element of humility and, and as you said, vulnerability opened up uh, a door of trust in the right. relationship transparency transparency yeah. that allowed yeah. both of us to to succeed and thrive in, in in our particular challenge i i think we need more collaboration and less directives if that makes sense it does i it think does. i think that we can accomplish so much together if we understand what the purpose is because it'll solidify the partnership listen everyone every employee if, if you're a ceo of a nonprofit or if you're a board chair right or if you're in a leadership position you're 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 having these internal partnerships. These individuals are your partners. You know, I I I I don't like the word subordinate, right? It, it sounds too hierarchy to me. We're 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 all human, right? Let's humanize leadership now. Let's humanize it, right? Not every directive a leader get gives that the employees are going to get it immediately. They might not get into 12 months. They might not even understand the decision. I, I, I was speaking to a CEO a while back and he said to me, I feel like every decision I'm making is upsetting people. I said, I said, here's the question. Are those decisions are going to help in the long term? He said, yes. I was like, then presently they'll get through it. They'll see it. Right. That's where the trust comes in. Right. If, if you got to be uncomfortable with making those hard decisions or saying no or, or maybe cutting things. Right. It's not easy. Uh, my grandmother, she used to say this quote. Uh, I know it's a Shakespearean quote, but she used to jack it up. Right. She used to say <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown. Right. That's and right. I understand what that means. Right. There's so much responsibility and and and, and so much uh, pressure compounded on a leader's shoulders. But you don't have to do it alone, right? You you delegate, you strategize, you socialize with certain partners, you create allies, and it can be a beautiful community. Community, camaraderie, and compassion, I'm telling you, is the glue that holds it all together. And any organization, nonprofit, corporate, any organization. My advice to leaders has always been make time to reflect. 
right? Sometimes we go from one, we go from one challenge to the next and we don't reflect. I I think back on every, and just like you said, you learn more from the low points than you do from the high points. Yeah. I think back to any and all of the low points in my career. My wife would always say, what is the lesson you're supposed to learn from this? Yeah. That's a way of reframing, you know, yeah, this sucks, right? I don't Mm want to be dealing with this right now, but I believe there is something I'm supposed, there's a nugget, there's a, a, a whiz, a pearl of wisdom I'm supposed to pull out of this low point, this experience. It, what is it and how do I use that to, to create the next high point? It's always a part of the journey. If, yeah. if you think that you're going to wake up one day and everything's going to be solved, then I would say leadership's not for you. Right. <laughs> right? Good point. <laughs> you have to be the broker of hope. Yeah. Even when those days you feel hopeless. Yeah. Right. That's what you're brokering hope, an idea, a vision. Some is present state, some is future state, but nevertheless, you are brokering hope. Now, I think where leaders get, where the challenge becomes is where leaders believe that it's all on them. Right. Right. It's not, it's not all on you. It is all on you if you do not use your team properly though right if you don't put people in positions that are so critical that you know they'll shine and it'll impact your vision and what you're trying to accomplish and um someone said to me the other day jay you're very tactical right like it was a bad thing (laughs) you're very tactical yeah i like to say i'm a player coach i'm playing i'm writing the plays i got my clipboard but I might throw that clipboard down and jump in, right? Some people may say, well, that's not leadership. You're supposed to strategize, right? Yeah, but if I show my team that I am willing to go the extra yard with them, then them following me is a (laughs) no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Absolutely. I know that Jay will jump into the fray if he has to, right? And I think I, I think in leadership in this climate, that's what we have to do. We have to decide and be selective of when we need to jump in. And, and listen, jumping in could look like so many things, Greg. It could be just a quick note. Hey, try this. Or I understand, but what are we trying to accomplish here, right? Just little side little nuggets to help your leaders, right? It doesn't, it doesn't mean you fully jump in. But what you're doing is advising and coaching. And I don't see a I, I, I leaders, we need to do more advising and coaching instead of directives. Advising and coaching. Or empower your leaders. What do you think about that? I'd love to hear your thoughts. You're absolutely right. I think the there is a place for directives in leadership. Yes. Right. But it's probably far smaller. Than most of us realize, or than don't, most of us think, when we don't hide behind them, don't sometimes. hide behind the directives, right? Right. That some leaders will hide behind the directives because number one, like you said, they didn't self-reflect. Yep. Right. They don't. They didn't ask the questions, and they're tying their worth to something that they shouldn't tie their worth to. Yep. Right. So I think we hide behind the directives, using that as a catalyst to lead, but it doesn't have any soul in it. <laughs> You're missing the soul part. So, 
Jay, I appreciate you taking the time to join oh, us on the podcast you, today. Love this conversation. You and I could talk about this stuff uh, all day long. Absolutely. For those who, who are enjoying the conversation, enjoying hearing from you, how could folks connect with you directly? Well, two ways. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, right? Just look up Jay Suggs and my 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 bald head would show. You know what I mean? <laughs> or you can reach out to me, you know, if you, you just had a question or maybe I can help you. You can reach out to jsuggs at success.com. That's S-U-G-G-C-E-S-S.com. And uh, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. Jay, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. I know everyone will enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Uh, for those of you who are listening, who are enjoying the podcast, highly encourage you share it with your friends, your colleagues, your coworkers as we continue to grow this nonprofit leadership community. Nonprofit leadership doesn't have to be the loneliest profession in the world. We it can build not. this community together. Absolutely. Share the podcast with your friends, your coworkers. If you're enjoying it, feel free to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. And other than that, we'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you. Stay safe and stay well.